Welcome to Unfiltered Business Podcast, the show that funnels in all the good and all the bad of what it takes to run a business. I'm your show host, Corey Faulkner, and today we got a good show for you. Today we got Josh McGinty, which is owner of Southern Rehab and Sports Medicine here in LaGrange, Georgia, a very successful physical therapy practice. Welcome, Josh. Good to be here. Yeah, glad to have you on the show, man. So a lot of what we talked about before we started, you know, what we dive into on this podcast is the overall business aspect of things, of how you got started, where the business is at now versus where it was at 10 years ago and ups and downs and all. So just kind of let's talk about your story, man. How in the world did you get started into physical therapy? What led you down that path? Um, you know, my dad was a high school football coach. I was around athletics my whole life, but I just I knew I wanted to stay around athletics, but I didn't want to be a coach. Um, so I got into athletic training. So I did that at the University of Alabama, and that's a three-and-a-half-year program. And probably year two I realized that I didn't want to do that forever. I mean, you know, I don't want to have to show up on a Sunday morning because the basketball coach was mad at the team and, you know, be on football field Friday nights to 11 o'clock forever. So – I decided to go to PT school. So, you know, I still love athletic training, and, I, and I'm an athletic trainer also, but I, you know, I don't do that as much anymore. Um, but then I went directly into PT school and um, at UAB in Birmingham. And then my last clinical for school was here in LaGrange at, uh, it was, that time it was called Southern Therapy Services. And I'd taken a job in Opelika. Alabama um, on a Friday and accepted a position there but I was in this clinical here and I just had this over the weekend I just had this this feeling of dread and I'd made the wrong decision and um, Lori Jeter was my CI and now she's my business partner you know our relationship our interaction then the feel I got from the clinic she was running the clinic then um, and had for years it, something just told me that you know I need to rethink that and so Monday I called the guy in Opelika and I said hey uh sorry what I told you Friday, but I think I've changed my mind. And then, you know, that afternoon I told Lori that I was going to accept the position that they had offered um, there. And uh, that was that was probably one of the better decisions I've ever made because it, it's, it's worked out really well. Um, that was 2007. And then um, about a year and a half of working there, some things led to the, the thought of, hey, why don't we buy this one clinic from an existing business that had, I forgot, they had six or seven other clinics and this one kind of felt like the redheaded stepchild and, you know, got no love from the bigger group. And so it took me a while to kind of turn her onto that because she had been a, a company woman for, I forgot, 15 or 16 years at that point. You mm-hmm. know, she didn't even cross her mind to own a business. And so it took me about six months. And I got her on board. And so in 2009, we bought the existing practice and formed Southern Rehab and Sports Medicine. So that's mm-hmm. uh, that's kind of our origin story there. But it was uh, it's pretty quick out of school. I'm glad it was awesome, you know. But it was it was uh, it was pretty nerve wracking. I came home the first day I floated that idea to her at work, and I told my wife, I said, uh, "Well, something awesome is going to happen, or I'm going to get fired tomorrow." So we'll mm-hmm. just see. <laughs> yeah. No, that's. that's- kind of the way business works man is once you feel like you've headed down that right path risk becomes like a you know set aside and we're just going to do it all and we're not going to do anything at all right but uh and, and once you get that feel you know you get you get the inside feel like this is the path for me and you're going to do what you can to make it work out and it it has worked out for you all yeah yeah i mean right now you got what four four clinics four clinics locations? yeah we're in uh lagrange columbus noonan and fayetteville mm-hmm. yeah so. 
That's good. And I'm sure there's some struggles along the way since the day you started. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you know, the it, it got real when when the offer to buy the clinic was accepted, and then we had to go figure out how to fund that, you know, borrowing money, and we just bought a house, and now you're signing your house onto the loan, and mm-hmm. Lori put up some family land against it that, you know, that, that's that's nerve-wracking at first. And then the biggest issue when we very first started is that um, Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Georgia, which is the largest private payer to our business, usually would take 45 to 60 days to become in network. We started two months before we made the transition. Six months into our new business, they still hadn't put us in network. Mm. So for the first six months, I can't tell you how many patients we lost because we were not in network with Blue Cross. Mm. Um, that was that was crazy. I mean, I was on the phone every other day trying to figure out what was going on, and I think the eventual thing was that it sat on a lady's desk who was out on maternity leave, and nobody checked uh-huh. our application. You know, yeah. that one one little snag i mean that probably month three i mean we were laying awake at night thinking about payroll the next Mm -hmm. day that was that was pretty tough those days were those days were long but you know luckily we've not been in that position for a long time we've done slow steady growth other than that first acquisition you know everything else has been kind of thought out taking our time made sure we had the financial backing before we made a move so Mm -hmm. it's, it's been good yeah, and, and that's the thing, especially in healthcare in general overall, is there's so many variables that you have to overcome. For one, insurance. You know, are you in network? Are you not in network? Is the patients you see, do they even have insurance? Are they cash pay or, or whatever, you know? And, and so there's a lot of things that takes place in the, into healthcare overall, especially physical therapy, you know, like telehealth. You know, when COVID hit, that was a huge thing that took place and everybody started jumping on that bandwagon. You offer telehealth at the moment? We are not doing it currently. Um, we did do it during COVID. I mean, everybody had to do mm-hmm, it for sure. about a six-month period there. Um, a lot of practices really incorporated it larger into their practice. We did not. I mean, we made it available, and we did quite a few for probably at least a three-month period. Medicare changed some rules and laws to where there's a code where you can still do it now mm-hmm. with Medicare beneficiaries. Um, but we just, uh, you know, it's a little different depending on what specialty you're in. We're in orthopedic, so, you know, people have had surgery. They require our hands on them a lot. I mean, you know, we can show them some stretches or assess them on the video, but, you know, my preference is in person, the touch and the feel. Certainly. It's still something we could offer, but I think in our industry it has – it's really cooled off. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, obviously during COVID it became hot and everybody yeah, started doing it, but I think right. it's it's really sl- – slowed down the telehealth part but it's still a it's still an option in, in the physical therapy world for yeah. sure and uh, medicine for sure now with yeah all the apps and the, <laughs> you know doc on demand those kind of things yeah and that's the thing with physical therapy overall is i mean you got to be pretty much in a good physical condition yourself it's a very demanding job physically with with patients you know have surgeries or whatever they need help with it takes a lot on you guys especially on your feet all day long is working with those patients and that's a lot of people don't understand that as what it takes for you all as as the therapist to go through to make sure you stay in good health and and provide good service yeah yeah you know we, we try to make it one of those practice what you preach type things you that's know, right you don't want your physical therapist to be 350 pounds <laughs> telling you what you should and should not be doing you know yeah that's right that's right so so what are some unique things that southern rehab offers to patients um you know we're we consider ourselves the orthopedic experts in this field, um, in this area. I mean, we um, 
we have some therapists, myself included, that are orthopedic certified specialists. So they're just like medicine, they're board certifications in physical therapy. Um, we're a orthopedic residency site for Emory University. You know, so we kind of take pride on, on having that specialty in orthopedics and sports medicine. You know, myself, an athletic trainer, we have, we've had on and off over the years athletic trainers on staff also to kind of booster that, that sports medicine field. Um, dry needling has become huge in the last, I don't know, eight or ten years in physical therapy. You know, I think I was the first person in LaGrange for sure and almost the first person into Columbus to be doing dry needling eight or nine years ago. And, you know, now every company has, mm-hmm. you know, dry needling. And state of Georgia, you have to take some continuing education courses. But, you know, like I said, most new grads are getting a little bit of that in school. Then they complete that education. But that's a big, powerful tool. You know, it's not a cure-all. It's what I tell people. It doesn't fix everything. But it is – there's some states that you can't dry needle still, weirdly, mm-hmm. one or two for some reason. Um, I think it's an acupuncture board fight type thing like sure. in Florida. But, you know – I've been doing it for so long. If I practice physical therapy and couldn't dry needle, it would drive me nuts. Mm-hmm. I mean, to know that I have such a tool right there that I just can't use. Um, we do vestibular rehab, um, which is pretty cool. It, it's really gained a lot of traction. I mean, there are physical therapy clinics now set up all over the country, and that's all they do, just mm-hmm. vestibular rehab. I mean, dizziness, vertigo, positional vertigo, um, hypofunction, you know, when somebody's People have concussion, post-concussion syndrome, you know. Veterans have um, concussions and brain injuries in Iraq and Afghanistan and overseas. I mean, they, they deal with these things for years. Well, you know, there are ways to improve that. People don't understand that. You know, just try to take a medication. Well, there's balance training. There's positional things that people can do. You know, somebody I've, I've worked in a clinic in Kentucky, and now I'm seeing it now that we've all become vestibular specialists. I mean, this lady would have people come in throwing up in the trash can. Their husbands are carrying them. They can't even stand up straight. She could do some positional techniques to kind of realign some, you know, for lack of a better term, crystals in their ear. They walk out fine and smiling 20 mm-hmm. minutes later. I mean, it's it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, so the vestibular rehab is a big thing that we do. We've had some women's health um, pelvic floor specialists over the years. where We want to get back into that. That's a huge need in these communities for that. Um, we do... Aquatic therapy at all our locations, um, which there's a little aquatic therapy around, but not much. You know, that can be super beneficial to people that have multiple injuries or people that, you know, if they can't stand for four or five minutes without severe back pain or knee pain, they can get in the water and and work for an hour. And then hopefully, you know, with some time, that'll carry over into their their daily lives. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, again, we're just we're general outpatient orthopedics um, and sports medicine yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's a tremendous amount of training, continuous training that goes into being a physical therapist. Yeah. And, yeah. and not to mention along with running the business itself. Yeah. <laughs> you can, uh, yeah, I got a little alphabet suit behind my name, but, you know, pay for it all and take all these tests. But, you know, the athletic training, I mean, the physical therapy profession changed to a doctorate. My class was the first class at UAB to be approved for the DPT. Mm-hmm. It was a master's prior to that. Um, but you can take, a hundred courses with certifications after that to specialize or, you know, increase your knowledge in a certain area. Um, And then the board certification, I think, is a really big deal. And I think the physical therapy profession as a whole should push that more because, you know, as a doctor, you don't say I'm a doctor. You say I'm a cardiologist, Mm -hmm. I'm a urologist, Mm -hmm. I'm a radiologist, right? Well, you tell somebody you're a physical therapist, well, they have a little picture in their mind, but there's a lot of difference between a physical therapist that works in a nursing home and a physical therapist that works at a sports medicine clinic. That's right. Right? I mean, there's a huge difference. Um, so I'm a big fan of the board certifications in physical therapy, and I, I hope 
that continues to gain traction and become more and more popular within the field. But then people outside the field understand what that means, mm-hmm. too. Yeah, and, and that's good because, I mean, like you said, a lot of people don't understand the difference between a physical therapist versus a physical therapist in a nursing home. And there's going to become a time in life where everybody needs a physical therapist, one way or another. And, and you know, I, you may know my mom passed away five weeks ago. And I truly believe to this day, if she would have had physical therapy for a good sense amount of time, she'd still be with us today. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's phrases in our industry in our, and we learn in school, movement is medicine. That's right. right? We are made to move. You know, mm-hmm. you get old, you get sick, you go down in the bed for weeks, your health is going to decline if you don't get up as mm-hmm. soon as you can. I yep. mean, you know, they do these surgeries, what they want you to do, these doctors now, they realize that they want you out of bed as soon as you can. Mm-hmm. Blood clots, you know, your kidney function, all these other things. Movement is medicine. You know, today's technology in the world, we're all sitting, we're at the desk, you know, we're not meant to do that. Mm-hmm. We're right. meant to be up, moving around, working out. That keeps us healthy, not just our musculoskeletal system, but all our systems. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's right. You know, my mom, she was bedridden for pretty much, last time she come down here was, I think, not this past Thanksgiving, the Thanksgiving before. And no, I'll take that back. My daughter's wedding back last May. She came down and she could barely walk then. But as soon as she went back home, you know, from South Carolina, mm-hmm. pretty much bedridden since. And so she, she passed away of uh, NASH, non-alcoholic cirrhosis of the liver. Mm-hmm. So her being bedridden and never being able to move much, I uh, just... Systems just shut down. I just shut down. Yeah. Yep. Shut down. But if she had had physical therapy, man, I truly believe it to the bottom of you know, my whole heart that if she would have had it, she'd still be with us today. Yeah. Because it would have prolonged her life and got her up and moving in the way she needs to move. Yep. And that's a, you know, that's a big change in our industry now, you know, Insurance companies have come to realize this, right? So, you know, we got referrals when I first started. Obviously, you had an injury, you come in, physical therapy, you have a surgery, you do physical therapy. But it was, you know, our largest referral source, still to this day, but not as much, are orthopedic doctors, right? They see that injury, they treat that injury, they send you to physical therapy. Well, now we get physical therapy referrals from every medical profession. Mm-hmm. Some of it is that they're getting a little more training in school. Hey, this is what physical therapy is. These are the benefits. Some of it is insurance dictated. But the insurance mm-hmm. is playing the numbers game. They're there to make money. Right. They realize that you are going to be more healthy. You're going to have to do less testing. You might even not have a surgery if they can pay a little money for physical therapy mm-hmm. versus $1,000 for an MRI that mm-hmm. doesn't fix you. That's right. Um, and so our referrals from the broad base of medical practitioners has, has gone up. You know, family practice, internal medicine, all these different specialties that, you know, I didn't see referrals from back then. We're getting it now. And then, you know, the general population is coming around mm-hmm. to that slower than I would um, like, but the general population itself now realizes, hey, why don't I just start with therapy when my hamstring hurts or yeah. my low back hurts? Why don't I have to go to a doctor and take medication and do tests mm-hmm. and when he's just going to send me to physical therapy, especially yeah. people that have been through that routine once or twice and understand that. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, what, what does Southern Rehab do different than other practices to become, you know, as, as advanced and accept, successful as you all are and having the clinics that you've got. So what what are some things that y'all do a little different? I think it falls back to the specialties part. Um, pretty much every new therapist we've hired in the last five years, they're encouraged to pick a specialty area. And we will, I mean, if you want to call it a sign-on bonus, if you want to call it their first year continuing education package, we encourage and almost 
get them to pick during their interview what special they want to go in. They want to be dry needling, they want to do pelvic floor, they want to do vestibular. So right off the bat, you know, it's not just you're going to come in and work for a year or two and just learn the basics. We want you to start that right away, but we also want you to go right into a specialty. So I think every one of our therapists has a specialty and is looking to progress that into another. Um, you know, another thing is we're a very busy outpatient practice, but we don't overschedule. You know, we, we try to make sure that your physical therapist has time to sit with you. Your physical therapist does not have two, three, four patients there at once just telling you to do a stretch on the table, tell this person to do a stretch over there, screaming at somebody across the room to do another stretch. I mean, we like to spend that one-on-one -on -one time with you. You know, we can't spend an hour and a half with every patient in today's you know, reimbursement world, but we have our schedule just enough that you get that individualized care with your patient. So we have patients all the time that give us feedback from other places, and they say, well, you know, I was in there with one therapist and five other people, and I just felt like, you know, I was being left alone, and every time I went, I did the same thing. Well, you know, that's the thing that we teach all our new therapists. There's no reason for you to do the same exercise every time someone comes in. They can do this stuff at home. Mm -hmm. They're coming to see you for specialty treatment every time they walk in the door. Um, so that's a little bit of the things that we do different. Uh, we, you know, our company motto, we put the patient first, the business part comes second. But if we do a great job with the patient care, we're going to have a good business on the back end. Mm -hmm. and that's right. That's, that's right. easy to say. <laughs> and then, you know, if we're talking about the business, there's a lot more to that. But yep. our general company motto is that if we make sure the patient's happy and getting healthy, and we've, or at least we've done our best job to try to make them better, um, you know, the business part will come secondary and be good too. That's certainly right, yeah. So over the years, what, what are some of the struggles that Southern Rehab has had but has, of course, overcame, and what kind of took place to overcome those struggles? Um, you know, some of it in physical therapy, you know, at UAB, we, in all physical therapy schools, you may have one class where you talk one week about business stuff, right? They, they say, you know, make a budget for a clinic, and if you were to build a new clinic, what equipment would you want? Basically, you turn that project in, that's your business background. Mm -hmm. So we don't have that. So it's, it's, it's a trial by fire. You know, we made some some errors in the beginning um you know one thing we bought an existing practice so we kind of have a little bit of a model mm -hmm. kind of laid out in front of us that we could kind of follow some templates that we could use um we've had some insurance issues we've had some uh some hard knocks in that some contracting that we've just kind of had to learn on the fly i mean Lori and i have both treated patients 40 hours a week and ran the business you know we're up to 28 employees now Lori still does payroll um, you know, she does all our HR health insurance stuff. Um, I do all the, um, recruitment, physical therapists, staffing in the clinics. I do some mentoring, you know, I've, I've luckily been able to cut down my, some of my clinic time lately, but you know, it's, it's trial by fire. A lot of times we'll make a mistake and learn from it. Luckily we've never made really any, you know, just bad bad mistakes mm -hmm. serious mistakes with money or, or you know something that we've never had to go back since probably the first loan we've never really had to go back and borrow any money which has been a blessing mm -hmm. um even even in the slow times you know um we've had some we've had some staff turnover that that has hurt you know we've had some new therapists come in get them trained up and then they leave mm -hmm. um that's not been good we've had situations where you know we had a busy clinic and you know and especially in our Columbus location, we have a, that's a very big military town. So we'll get a military spouse, come in, get them trained up. They'll be doing great. And then 
you know, her spouse will get transferred. Mm-hmm. So then we have a full clinic and nobody work there, you know. So mm-hmm. um, that's when, you know, I'll have to go down there and work extra hard for a while until we can grab another, you know, great physical therapist and kind of fill them in, get them trained up. But um, from the business end, I, I think it's just trial and error. It's learning as we go. We've really had some good um, people um, in the background. We've got a, a lawyer in town who's always there for us. It's helped us do anything we need and, and been, you know, always had great advice our, our biggest asset um, when we first started a local doctor suggested that we use his guy which is a CPA um, company um, but they they're out of Dalton and we thought well you know out of Dalton why would you use my not local but <clears throat> that's probably been the best decision we've ever made I mean mm-hmm. he he has he employs CPAs he's not a CPA but he's really our business advisor so any big business question decision we always run by him he's always there to help you know, he's, he's on straight and narrow. So he doesn't let us get into any gray zones, which is mm-hmm. probably good. Um, but that's probably been our biggest asset when it comes to any decisions on finances. And, you know, if we open a new clinic, all the things we need to think about, I mean, he doesn't, you know, we know, we know our industry, we know the referrals, we know the staffing, we know that, but he really helps us look at the financial aspect, mm-hmm. you know, kind of planning and that kind of thing. So he's probably, probably been one of our – that was the best decision we made when we first started is, is using that group. It's a little more expensive um, than your normal cost to have a CPA, mm-hmm. but it's been well worth every penny. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's very important. That's some key components of running a business, especially the financials. And after this, I may have to get with you. <laughs> Only Because that's one thing as for me. I've never found a CPA or an individual that works in that field that I can rely on. I can that I can truly trust in a way, but at the same time, lead me down the right path to make sure that we don't make the wrong decisions. I mean, there's a difference between a CPA and a tax advisor, right? right. There's a lot of things that can take place as running a business, whether you're S corp, whether you're LLC or whatever. That those tax breaks can be a benefit to you, of course. But if you don't know about them, if you don't have somebody telling you about them. What right. are you going to do? Right. You can't, you know, <laughs> like I said, we're treating 40 hours a week. I can't be on the internet researching right. all the advantages of an S corp and mm-hmm. any loopholes or healthcare benefits or anything that we, I mean, so we've, we've had him in our, in the background all these years. We meet with him every quarter, mm-hmm. you know, and he, he advises us on the way we go it, things that are new laws that change. He's up to date and he lets us know about it. And he says, Hey, mm-hmm. do you want to do this? Which, you know, if he brings it up, it's probably always, yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. why we want to do it. So. That's right. Yeah. And that's, you know, for me, I'm a very personal person. I like to sit down, especially with a CPA and I tell them up front, say, I'm very personal. When I come to you, it's one-on-one. We sit there and we go over the numbers. We, you tell me what I need to be doing this, doing wrong here, whatever. Right. I've yet to find that one individual <laughs> that can do that for me. It drives me insane. Well, yeah, like I said, he, he's in the beginning. It was probably you know it was a, it was a stretch. It was more expensive than than normal, but it is it has paid off um, mm-hmm. more than enough over the years. Sure, so. sure. No, that's good, man. So if somebody wanted to go into the physical therapy field to practice, what what would you suggest the path they take and some of the things they should look out for and, and kind of navigate around to make them, you know, of course, go down the right path to be successful? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, observation, it's like anything, you want to know exactly what they do, spend a little time there. We, you know, we have observers all the time. LaGrange High School, Troop, Callaway, LaGrange College, Point University, you know, locally, Columbus State. There's always somebody in one of our clinics, you know, hey, I think I want to be a PT. You know, can I come shadow, you know, eight hours or a couple weeks during the summer? And we always say yes because, you know, it. 
the longer I've been in it, some of that's been that's come back to benefit us. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll have somebody that'll come observe and you know, pretty quickly you can say, yeah, this person's probably not going to make it. Or, hey, you know, this person's pretty cool. Hey, why don't you work for us this summer? Mm-hmm. They work for us. Well, next thing you know, they're graduating PT school and they're calling me wanting a job. And that's an absolute yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've interviewed them for three months, you know, three years ago and, and know what kind of person they are. So observe, shadow. Um, you know, it's a you got to get your undergrad degree now to be a PT to go into um your graduate school so you need to have a a little bit of a plan i mean you can major in history but you got to take a lot of you know prereqs to get into pt school that probably don't involve in history majors Mm -hmm. so you know i think i had a couple history majors in my class but they had to spend a year after their degree to go back and get some biologies and some things like that so you know you probably should major in something health related you know i think auburn's got a um exercise science degree that you could take, and that leads you right into PC. I think they call that their pre-PT program or something like that. Um, kinesiology, some schools call it that. Biology, something something health-related would, would get you there faster and easier without a bunch of extra classes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think observe, because, again, not every physical therapist is the same in the setting, and then the settings are different. Mm-hmm. You know, if you some schools pre-COVID, they required you have different types of observation. And that's been harder since COVID. So you can't go in nursing homes. You can't go home health, physical therapist. You can't observe like you used to with that. But, mm. you know, I think you should try. You should try to get into a hospital and see what they do. Try to get into a, a rehab hospital and see what they do. Come to an outpatient clinic, see what they do. Come to a couple different outpatient clinics because there's mm-hmm. a wide variety in that. But sure. I think if you if you really want to know that's what you want to do, you got to observe and, and make sure, see what they do on a day-to-day basis. Um, you got to keep your grades up at one time, the class numbers are limited in PT school. So I think UAB is like 35 a year. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so at one time it was harder to get into PT school than it was to get into medical school. You know, they opened up more and more medical Mm -hmm. schools. They have a lot more Mm -hmm. class numbers to fill. So, you know, you got to keep your grades up either way. Um, but I think you should major in something health related, it's an easier path into sure. graduate school. Sure, I saw something on the news a few weeks ago. At you know, of course, these these colleges and um, and uh, universities or whatever do case studies on you know like careers, and they did a case study on what's the most what's the happiest career to work in. Guess which one was number one? Physical, <laughs> Physical therapy. Physical therapy. Nice, nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it's cool. I mean, you know, you you see somebody come in, they've had a motorcycle wreck. You know, young person they busted up plate screws everywhere broken arm broken ankle you know broken ribs can barely walk six months later you know you see them at the grocery store and they look Mm -hmm. great Mm -hmm. you know and then that that's awesome to see somebody like that somebody an athlete comes in devastating knee injury they have to miss their whole you know junior season of college soccer whatever you know they're just they come in you know they're they're nervous they've never been hurt before they've just had this big traumatic surgery mm-hmm. and as a physical therapist versus a doctor we spend an hour with them every visit two or three times a week depending on that you know a doctor you see for what three minutes at That's the right. most you know yeah. so we you become friends with a mm-hmm. lot of these people um and so then you see them two or three months later and they're 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 running they're jumping again and it's that's pretty rewarding in our field mm-hmm. you know you got to we've we've got a character coming in right now i mean she's probably 82 83 I mean, she got down in a wheelchair, got lazy, and hurt to get up, stopped getting up. Her family goes, look, you're you're becoming a burden to us. And mm-hmm. You're happy. She's sharp as a tack, right? Mm-hmm. So they like, you. we got to get you into therapy. So they told their family physician. He sent her over. 
you know, we got her up walking around the clinic now. She's doing a little dance the other day. It's fun to see somebody come in. She could barely stand up three months ago, and now she's showing some moves that she sure. hadn't put out in, you know, 20 years. So sure. it's pretty neat. Yeah, yeah, and uh, that's rewarding. It really is. And, you know, of course, we, we do the marketing for you. <laughs> and, and for us, and like, again, my mom passed away, but for what we do to reach out to those, those individuals that are in need of physical therapy, Last time we were into your clinic over here um, doing some social media content, and it might be the same lady you're talking about. That Probably. She, yeah, she, you know, we did a, a client interview testimonial uh -huh. with her, and she was telling us about that. But, man, I tell you, I told Jenna that um, when we left, you know, of course it was like a week after my mom passed, two weeks after she passed. I got a little emotional just <laughs> because for what we do to reach those individuals that are in need and just desperately want a physical therapist and – to, to provide that contact for them to you, it really touches my heart, man, They to know that they're on the right path to get healed and live a better life. Yeah. So going back to the question earlier about what somebody could do to go into that field, how long would you recommend they work in as a therapist before opening up a business or practice? Oh, that's a, <laughs> that's a tricky question. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I had a feeling in school, you know, I, I – I had this this nagging thought that you know, hey, one day I would like to be a business owner, but that didn't that didn't guide my thoughts and the direction when I'm looking at jobs, mm -hmm. right? I, you know, the job I took and then declined was for a big hospital system. Um, this job was more where I wanted to be, more of a private practice, smaller with six or seven clinics. Um, I, I definitely don't think business ownership is for everybody no and i don't think it's for every <laughs> physical therapist um by far i mean i think you have to have that uh, the heart of an entrepreneur mm. you know i think you got to be a good physical therapist too i mean I, that that's one thing my goal was to in school my my main goal my main thought you know I, when i started pt school i had a leg up on most of my classmates as an athletic trainer right you know the, just the knowledge the background of rehab anatomy you know, special tests, modalities, all these things in our world, I, I already knew all that stuff. So my goal was to be the guy that you come to when you've seen some other people and you can't, they can't figure out, mm -hmm. right, or they can't make you better. And so that was always my goal. And, you know, in, I've become kind of the shoulder baseball guy, elbow guy around here. I mean, guys from Atlanta go up, they get sent to Atlanta, they got shoulder problems. Well, they come back to Josh in the Grange, which that's awesome. That's, mm -hmm. you know, I love that. Um but so I think you've got to have, you got to be a you've got to specialize or really be good at your craft and then, you know, look to be a business owner. I mean, if you want to be a business owner, I think you need to work. And the same thing with a specialty. You know, if you want to be an orthopedic specialist, then your job needs to be in an orthopedic clinic. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. If you want to be a pelvic floor therapist at some point, then you need to go work somewhere where there's a pelvic floor therapist where you can learn from before you go take classes mm -hmm. or your continuing education. So if you want to be a business owner, maybe you should go work for a small practice and see how they do it and let them know. I mean, there might be an opportunity for you to buy in and start a clinic under their, their, their eye, their watch where they have a background to help you. You know, I've seen some, some, some physical therapists that I know try to start their own business and, and it's not, you know, they're, they're not in business mm -hmm. anymore. Um, you got to have a little bit of a background. You got to do some research. You know, we, we, again, we bought an existing practice, so we kind of have a template to run off of, you mm -hmm. know, 
that six months when I was trying to talk Lori into buying the business, I was paying attention to everything. Every admin meeting we had, every email they would send about monthly numbers and data, you know, I was paying attention to that. Mm-hmm. I was trying to learn how to run reports out of our system on who was our referral source and, you know, all those kind of things. So I was learning as much as I can in a practice that we then turned around and, you know, we were able to mimic. Now, sure. You know, we've changed and grown and done things differently immediately, but it's different. We were a small one-person, you know, three-therapist clinic versus a company that had seven or eight mm-hmm. clinics and, you know, 30 therapists. Um, so things change on your size and volume, but then now as we've grown up to 14, 15 therapists, mm-hmm. you know, we've had to change our model, HR, all those kind of things as we've gone. But work in a facility or in a place that you that you want to do. Mm-hmm. You know, even, yeah. even once you've become a therapist, you know, work somewhere that you want to model. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to be a... If you just want to be a corporate person and work yourself up the chain, then go work for a corporate physical therapy place, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Be a clinic director, then be a regional manager, and then, you know, just work up the chain that way. But if you want to be an owner, go somewhere in a private practice that's successful and, and see what they do. Sure, absolutely. And like you said, man, business ownership and entrepreneurship, not not for everybody. No. It is. I, I tell you, you know, I started this business, well, I started on my own 2015, 2016. I can't tell you how many times my wife has – had to talk me off the cliff <laughs> you know because i just said uh, i'm done i'm done i'm done so, no you're not this is your dream is what you've always wanted to do this is what you're going to keep doing yeah so well I, I you know Lori uh jeter's been my business partner since 2009 and we have had i think the best working relationship you could you could have i don't think in 13 14 years we've had one argument about anything to do with the business mm-hmm. i mean She's talked me off a cliff a few times. Um, she's usually been more the steady hand. I'll get excited and have some ideas and want to kind of take off, and she'll, she'll, you know, bring me back down to reality and let's do this a little slower and make sure we do it right. Um, so it's been a it's been a great partnership um, that we've had all these years, and I think that's that's helped us. You know, you know, if you start out solo, you're all on your own. You, if you've got a business partner, then you've got two of you that are able to tackle mm-hmm. things and handle things. And so um, mm-hmm. I think that's been a big, big help with us and owning our own business too. Yeah. And, and partnerships are, like you said, you got to have, it's yin and yang. The right partner. You that's, get, you got to, you got to mesh together. I mean, uh, they some, uh, we'll talk about this <laughs> later on, <laughs> but yeah, if it don't, if it, if it don't mesh and it ain't right, it ain't right. Yeah. You yeah, know, no, and we, it's a lot more headache and heartache than you really want to go down that path having a partner if it ain't the right partner yeah we've got we've got a third partner now that has worked out great a few years ago we offered a partnership to somebody that i am so glad it fell through because Mm -hmm. it would have been a headache from day one Mm -hmm. till you know it probably would have ended somehow but that would have been a bad decision um but yeah you got to have the right partner i've I've seen businesses fail because of conflict and and partners not agreeing on which way to move forward there's a lot of successful businesses. yeah it's a lot of sleepless nights when you don't have that right individual but i mean it's it's a support system and when it comes to a partnership you both got to mesh together you both got to support each other if one ain't on the right same same road you're on you're going two different directions well it's guaranteed it's going to fail probably right so yeah so that's that's good man what's your why why, why do you do what you do? Why does Josh do, does what he does in physical therapy? I, you know, we've talked about it earlier. I, I still like physical therapy. I mm-hmm. mean, I like when people get better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as you guys have seen doing our marketing stuff, I mean, I started out sports medicine, you know, ACL stuff, rotator cuff repair, baseball players. Over the years, I've I've 
honed my skills into the what we call spine. So spinal manipulation, mm-hmm. manual techniques, dry needling. Um, you know, my wheelhouse now, it just makes me so happy. When I see a 30 to 50-year-old, I'm going to say female, but it can be male, they come in, they say, you know, my neck's been hurting for six weeks or six months, and it kind of radiates down my arm a little bit. I mean, I can more than likely I can crack their neck, stick some needles in there, and two visits they are going to be pain free where they've been hurting for six weeks mm-hmm. to six months. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's pretty that's pretty fun oh, yeah. to do, you yeah. know. Um, the watching people get better, people come in, they have a big rotator cuff surgery. Again, they're they're three months in a sling or they're just you know they get depressed about that but then as we move them through it we talk them off a cliff they had a sleepless night they're hurting we give them ideas we we show them things that they can do to help with those kinds and they get better and they move forward i mean that's still the why Mm -hmm. now don't get me wrong i love owning a business Mm -hmm. i have you know grown into loving that Mm -hmm. um you know being an entrepreneur running that it has been great and i love that part too but in the end, I still like being a physical therapist. I don't want to ever get to a point where I'm doing only administrative and not actually practicing. That's right. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a probably 50-50 now, um, but I, I want to have clinic days always. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the thing with running a business and doing what you love. If you don't love what you do, truly love it, running that business, it's just going to be a heartache for you, and it's probably just going to put you into an early grave because you're just going to work yourself to death and never be happy one day in your life. Right. You got to honestly love what you do as a business owner and, and helping people, especially, um, overall. Yeah. It's, it's very rewarding. It really is. My, you know, my wife has had, you know, she didn't know what she wanted to do in college. She graduated, didn't know what she didn't want to do. You know, she's, she finally found a path now where she's happy, but you know, we're, you know, we're, we're further mm-hmm. out from college than that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, I've always liked what I do. Mm-hmm. I mean, even in athletic training, I, I love being an athletic trainer. I like being a PT. So going to work has never been, you know, the work. I've got to be there at 8, you know, I had a long night before, you know, those kind of things. But I love doing physical therapy. Mm-hmm. So it's not like I've ever hated my job, which is, right. is a plus, and that, yeah. that helps. And, that again, that, that bleeds over into the business side too. So when you yeah. get a headache with HR and, you know, insurance, I mean, that's the headache part. The physical therapy part is – almost kind of like a relief from that that's right you know, yeah so. yeah no that's good that's good so i got a few questions to ask you other than the ones we've already talked about all right <laughs> what are some books that you've read in the past or currently reading that you would recommend to somebody that's wanting to go down your path um we'd have to look it up um uh, he owned the 76ers philadelphia 76ers uh pat he had a really bushy red goatee oh, i can't we can edit this and look at his name, but I can't remember. He wrote a book. Um, he was a physical therapist, but, you know, then the business side, he mm-hmm. made money somewhere else. But mm-hmm. his book was about his path into physical therapy and part of that, and I love that book. Um, you know, I read that book a few years ago. Um, yeah, let me think. Um, I don't know. I have to think about that. Yeah, yeah. Physical therapy. Um Is that what it's called? Yeah. What's his name? Um, Pat something, right? Uh, no, that's not him. I can see the, the cover of the book now. but I'm horrible know. with book names. Yeah. I really, I've got four here sitting around the room. I don't even know the names of them. Yeah. <laughs> I'd have to. Um, well, they're really good books. Yeah. Let me think. Um, I've never been a super big reader. I read like one book a year. 
I used to hate reading, man. I did, but about I don't know six years ago, I got into reading. That's my relaxation. Yeah. Uh, it's it's got to be a book I love, of course. Yeah. You know, entrepreneur book, business book, or or something that's always trying to advance, you know, educate me more. But I just love reading. It's yeah. relaxing. Um, Two-minute shout-out. Who would you like to give credit to f- for leading you down the path you are and who you become? Well, in the business world, you know, again, Lori Jeter, my business partner, that's been amazing. That's one of the best, you know, career decisions I've ever made um again it took me a second to talk her into it but we you know when she got turned on and decided she wasn't doing it she was all in you know and and it's been great ever since um David McCrary is the business consultant that I've talked about Mm -hmm. um I mean you know if any big question ever comes up Lori and I are talking about it it usually ends with I'll shoot David an email Mm -hmm. you know let's let's call David next week and see what he says about this um you know, my family, uh, my wife, Katie, she's always been there supporting us, um, moving forward, helping us, helping me grow that while we also grew a family, you know, so that's been pretty awesome. Um, my parents, you know, my parents did well. My mom worked at the hospital in Valley, Alabama. My dad was a coach at a small private school, so, you know, they're nice middle-class folks, but they never had a lot of money, and they put me through school. You know, I paid for my tuition in, in um, graduate school, but they always – I always had a car, always had a phone, always had rent that they took care of the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so that's made it that that made it possible for me to do that. You know, I, I worked a lot um, in college, um, undergrad and graduate school, but you know, without their backing, I wouldn't have been able to do all that. So mm-hmm. that's good, man. Well, I know we got to wrap up soon because you got a hard stop here shortly to go to the clinic. But uh, I really have enjoyed sitting down with you, man. Yeah. Learned a lot. Uh, it, it's good. It's good. really have enjoyed you. My first official podcast. Here, oh yeah, so, yeah, in the yeah. books. Yeah, that's good. Now we'll do many more of them. But yeah, thank you for uh, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for um, just sitting down with us and sh- sharing your story, man. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, but uh, yeah, thank you all, listeners, for joining the uh, Unfiltered Business Podcast. And as always, just share, like the channels as much as you can, share as much as you can. That's how we grow and reach the viewers we want to reach. As always, stay humble, stay focused, and be confident.